<laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Leisure Time with Duncan and Jonathan. I'm Duncan. And as always, I'm Jonathan. Alright. And today, we're going to be talking about something that we both have... And this is sad to admit, but it's not because... It's because, because the reasoning behind this, at least lately, for us is that we don't have the time to do <laughs> traditional reading anymore, for the most part. Okay, well, on my end more so than Jonathan's, but that's not our fault. <laughs> right. And reading is one of those uh, subjects or areas where you either have a lot of time to read or good luck if you get at least one book in a year. It's, it's one of those things that fluctuates so often that you really can't predict how much reading you'll do in a given year. Yep. And so what we're going to talk about is something that has really taken a rise lately, especially since Audible and um, has... Other streaming platforms, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about audiobooks. So, yeah, because it's gotten to the point where, I mean, it ain't really... And especially since you have a lot of stuff you can't easily get your hands on in hard copy or even in ebook form in some cases, um, that are available through Audible or their competitors, which I think Apple has um, audiobooks available through iTunes, and I think Amazon, I think, no, Amazon, I think Google also has a service too. Yeah. Um, you guys, okay. Some background here for us personally. I first discovered Audible, um, and Jonathan, I think I think I told you this story, where we we first this my first encounter with Audible, at least in person, was on the when was when Kai and I went to the um, Nashville stop of the Reputation Stadium of Taylor Swift's Reputation Stadium tour. So two years ago. Two years ago and uh, one month, <laughs> as of well tomorrow. Um, so yeah, and so we went there, and she just happened to have, and she had, she didn't have an active membership, but she would. But the way Audible works is, if you get the once you let your membership is once you decide to cancel the membership or whatever, you get to keep all the stuff that you had required. Um, via purchasing. The, uh... Which I think is a smart move because Audible, as useful as it is, you know, it's one of the more, shall we say, pricey subscriptions to have. Well, actually, it's not. To some degree. Well, and some stuff is rather ridiculous because they have a lot of, like, like they take the uh, Bourne series, for example. For I don't know why they did it this way, but. They only have, they do not have at present an unabridged edition of the um, audio version of the Born Identity. They have all the other ones in unabridged form. And they and evidently they used to have one. That's what it is. But then streaming services, and this should be a hashtag, I think. Hashtag streaming services are weird. Because. Yeah. You have numerous examples where that principle applies so well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, for audiobooks, you know, sometimes 
especially if you're trying to check out a whole series, which some people are like that. Some people are driven to series. Makes no sense why the foreign identity is the only one of the, uh, um, what's the word I want to use? The court set, I guess, is the best way to put it. Oh, no, there's a lot more than that. <laughs> oh, it's, it's more than four books. <laughs> yep. Yeah, see, Love I, Woman. See, I didn't even know. Yeah, see, yeah. Know. Bob Loveland only wrote the first three before he passed, and then this other guy took over, and there's, there's like into the low 20s by this point, <laughs> at least uh, in see. total. <laughs> I see. Yeah, there's a lot. But it is, it's one of the. To, to be fair, The Born Identity is one of those book series that. Both you and I have acknowledged that we didn't come across until well after the fact. That's because we weren't born until well after the fact. But that's <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> so that pretty much comes to the territory. Um, but yeah, yeah, like I said, I we both saw the movie first, and then we realized, hey, this is a book. <laughs> right. When it comes to audio books, one audio book, or should we say, one audio book series that we both had experience with is the Harry Potter series is you know an audio book that's one that I can say we bullshit yeah although I will admit um and I did not buy the uh, Harry Potter audio books I got them from the library via the Libby app um it, but yeah, so that was one of those things where my mom did such a well did such a good job when she was reading it out loud <laughs> 20 years ago now, actually. Um, it was when she started that. And she did such a good job that the... And she did a great... Uh, good Lord Lockhart in particular to the point that Ken Kenneth Branagh's um, characterization it fell a bit flat <laughs> for everyone who That's she had read it out loud to. <laughs> That's very true. I felt like, you know, the book itself is already pretty immersive. Yeah. But I felt like the book on tape or the audiobook, I even afraid it, you know, it pumped even more life into it. Yeah. A couple of those happened. So it definitely had. Now, granted, when the series in particular got a bit longer, I don't think I, I think I stopped on the audiobook equivalent of Goblet of Fight, and I never went further than that because it was kind of hard to find. Yeah. After that, like I don't know why, but that's just where we're at that point. Yeah, but still, um, it's probably a market-based thing because I'm sure that it, it could be because even back in the nineties, we did have books on tape. The selection would vary, and it would be kind of small if you really think about it. Because I mean, you know, they were a bit on the pricier side versus physical books that you could hold in your hand so I think that definitely factored in yeah but still um you know, like I said, there are a few things that now another thing about now this is on audible side and I'm sure there's several and I'm sure that you're getting the actual CDs or um or cassettes or what have you also vary but I think that one thing okay now I will say this I do fully understand and support the fact that audiobooks should cost more than their print or electronic or or ebook counterparts because there is an extra step 
if not several steps, involved in the production of said media. Right, we, we get that. I think it should be, I think if one uh, level-headed criticism that I can throw at it, I think it needs to be priced based on the length of the novel in question. That's how I would do it. Or, or at the very, or and also in Harry Potter's case, I think there should be a bait. I think the price for. I do. Th- I do think that makes sense to have them be roughly the same price from Sorcerer's slash Philosopher's Stone through Deathly Hallows because because the target demographic <laughs> is not. Yeah, but still. Um, but but still, those mature as the audience matured, so it makes sense. But but. Anyway, I do think the price points are a bit excessive for the earlier ones. <laughs> but I do... Um, because, you know, the first three uh, in that particular series, they're basically doing all the world build. <laughs> that, yeah. that's, what, that's what the first three is. Then, you know, four through seven, they just, you know, add to what it already is. Yep. The, the first one in particular is just like one big, long... <laughs> world building exercise that's exactly what it is yeah I mean and there's also now this one I kind of get but in some cases it's confusing about why they do it but but a lot of there as I'm sure most people already know this but a lot of audio book there's a lot of audio books that you have on that are autobiographies or memoirs or what have you and one thing I've always question is why do they not have why is the I don't know what it was one thing I don't get is why do they not have the I don't know oh yeah why do they not have the the audio why do some no, okay, now it depends. Okay, I understand. I'm not saying that I don't get when the uh, when the original author is has passed on or has gotten to the point where they can't reasonably be expected to sit in front of a microphone and read their book out loud. That I get, but but when someone is still reasonably young enough that it could be justified, why do they have some autobiographies and whatnot? Read by a th- by another person, um, like it's, it's like 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 in, um, I never understood that. To, to me, if it's a biography, I can get away with it because it's already yeah. written by another person and they're doing the research. Yep. I understand that, but I feel like autobiographies they need to be uh, read by the person who you know wrote them. That's just how I feel about it. Like, <laughs> when possible, anyway. Uh, otherwise, you know, the perspective is going to be. Like, for example, all due respect to, let me just throw a name out here, all due respect to Jay-Z, but if I'm reading the LL Cool J biography, that's why I want to read but you know, autobiography, I should say. Yeah. That's not a sign of disrespect, but it's certain, you know, with certain nuances, I think, that get when uh, the writer of the autobiography in question is reading it that you don't always have the context for what somebody else does. Mm-hmm. Just like if I were to read an Elizabeth Taylor autobiography, which I'm sure there are some. I have found 
be some weird sheep recorded in autobiography. I don't know. Something to think about. I do know that I want to get to um, Total Recall as an autobiography or something. Yeah, I mean, and that one is weird because Mr. Schwarzenegger, he does read the first chapter for whatever reason, but he lets someone, he lets an American or Canadian guy, I, don't, I can't, I'm not quite sure. Um, the accent is, I haven't looked him up, and the accent is indistinct enough that it could go either way. <laughs> and, and that one, I feel, covers like a lot of ground. I think, you know, the fact that it's out there is a good thing, and I'm hoping I get to the Arnold Palmer autobiography <laughs> some point too, just because. Yeah, that was a fun, that was an enlightening one, rather. Um, yeah, I mean, Tell me, like I said, okay, I don't know. Okay, here's a good example. Um, looking at the uh, Audible in, entry for um, Aragon by uh, Christopher Paolini. Okay. Now, okay, it clocks in at 16 hours and 22 minutes, unabridged edition, and it and the MSRP, for lack of a better word, is 27.93. U.S. dollars before tax, right? And mm-hmm. the and the Audible membership discount price is nineteen fifty five, right? Sounds reasonable. Yeah. Now, eldest, um, the second one has only only has an additional seven hours, and yet it costs. Yeah, and yet it costs almost at the uh, regular non-member price is almost twenty dollars more, and the member price is is just over eleven dollars in addition to the receiving one. Yeah. Oh well. Actually, you can get. Actually, I probably specify as Jonathan. You already know this, but you actually forgot. Um, one of the one of the benefits of the Audible subscription is that you get to have credits, which can be used to buy, um, which can be used to purchase audio one audiobook a piece. And well, okay. Well, they do have promotions sometimes where you can buy. Um, multiple books with one credit as long as you buy them all at the same time. You can't um, <laughs> jump around, as it were. And Which I do think is a good idea, especially if you're you know, an avid audiobook person, so, which I, I do know a few people that I you know, subscribe to on YouTube where the majority of the books they choose to consume are audiobooks because you know they like to Listen while you know cooking, cleaning your house, or what have you. Or they, or their jobs are yeah, time like consuming enough that they can't. Or, you know, on that lunch break, and then you know, taking a chapter or a couple chapters of audio. Yeah, which is much easier than um, the alternative by a long shot. Well, yeah, right. uh, I mean, it's, don't get me wrong. Each uh, each format, I guess the best way to put it, has their advantages and their drawbacks. 
you know, because audiobooks are great. You know, they're, they're definitely great, but sometimes you might have to split it up, especially if you've got a 60-hour, you know, audiobook. I don't recommend trying to consume a 60-plus hour audiobook in a weekend unless you really have. Are you, is it, are you in the middle of something, or you're trying to beat a deadline and, you know, and sometimes, especially if you're doing like a review of. If you're doing it and you're in a situation where you have like a whole week over of like, say like Thanksgiving or, you know, Christmas sort of situation where you have a lot of time on, go for it. (laughs) But I mean, like a normal weekend, I don't recommend it. Now, when it comes to your favorite format of book, where you put on audiobooks, like if you had to rank each uh, format. Well, I do think that I mean, they each serve their own purpose because, like, and there's also the fact that they each have a demographic that prefers one over the other by default. Like, like, like um, especially because of the fact that there's a lot of stuff where you just don't, like I said, a lot of people, for better or worse, don't have the time to... Yeah, and sometimes you might not have the space. That That's another, uh, uh, you know, reason why I think a lot of people gravitate towards audiobooks and ebooks because sometimes you may not have the space to actually have physical books on the shelf or you might be running out of space. Yep. So you had to kind of find an alternative for that. Yeah, I Yeah, I will say for audiobooks, the portability is an advantage. And the fact that some things are available in audio format that you can't readily get um, in a physical format. So I think that is a plus because. Sometimes books just fall out of print for whatever reason. Yep. So that's definitely a, a thumbs up for audiobook. Ebooks, they also had a portability factor to them. And the fact that Libby, you know, things like Libby exist, you know, that helps their case as well because, you know, if you aren't sure about a book, the local library has it. And, you know, that gives you an option to try it out if you're really unsure. Yeah, and another now, one thing I will say about Libby that I, ha- that I take issue with is it's a bit of a power hog. <laughs> so, it's not audible. No, um, Libby is the power hog. <laughs> it, it can be, for sure. It definitely can be. Yeah, because Audible, now I haven't actually drained my iPhone's battery with it yet, but... but um, yeah, guys, and I can go, like I said, guys, 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 Audible, um, I, the longest time I've gone with a completely continuous usage is about 10 hours, I think, and that was the day I was, I happened to be working at the, at the school, and, um, and I managed to go 10 hours and get through a, and get through most of a, most of an, um, 11 hour book without, <laughs> Without stopping, and that's, that's, except for a couple of times. I, say, I think in the future, 
for all phones and all people who install apps, they need to have like a little warning that says, like a little battery symbol or something. <laughs> Unless you know it's something, it's gonna be a power hub because that would help out so many people. Yeah, before you're even installing the damn thing. Yeah, and. YouTube for sure can be about as much as I do enjoy. You and I know that the more videos you watch, watch how quickly your battery breaks. It's going to. Yeah, another thing I now this is more of a coming on a tangent here. This is more like thing about different carriers than uh, different um, service providers more so than manufacturers as a rule. But one thing I just don't like is the fact that. And Xfinity Mobile from Comcast is really bad about this. Is that when you have the pay-as-you-go data plans, <laughs> um, I think some, I mean, like I said, I was unaware of the fact that now I was aware of the fact we had the pay-as-you-go. That was not the issue here. The issue was I was not aware of how much data I was using <laughs> at first, and when I was actually guys. Because at the first, because I had a job um, where there was no Wi-Fi that we were able to access, <laughs> and and that that definitely could factor in, you know, especially when it comes to audiobooks where it's continuously going, you definitely could burn through your whole data plan and not realize. Yeah, but at this well, actually, most audiobooks at least uh, okay. Audible, you are given the option to download directly to your your device. Um, it, it's usually your phone, but I'm sure the iWatch and other smart watches probably can also be used. Um, but yeah, I mean, as we talked about in our last podcast, you know the whole <laughs> wristwatch uh, situation. Yeah, but anyway, um, we're, t- we're getting ahead. Of it, but yeah, but yeah, like I said, with, with Audible. You download it to your flash memory or whatever you whatever it is, and you don't have to worry about data until you um or an internet connection until you want to download another um program. This is how it's actually ordered. And now one thing I really think that they now there are a few things that are questionably priced, especially was like Jonathan you said at the beginning of this session you said that that you think that there should be a correlate a universal correlation between the length of a given um audiobook and the price point <laughs> yeah now there are some audiobooks and certain authors are better about this than others and then there are certain um shared universes that also have issues with this especially when you have on a especially when you have a bridged um content um where you have um where there could easily be like it's like because you could have a five a, a six or seven hour audiobook can cost anywhere from ten dollars or less to pushing fifty dollars and there's no real <laughs> no, 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 no. reason it's for that to, right, but yeah. fifty bucks not for a short program such as that. No. I don't, you know, that that's just like charging, you know, 
twelve bucks for a copy of Coraline. Like I wouldn't do it because the book itself is not that long. <laughs> nope. So the audio program by extension is not gonna be that long. You know, it's just a. Can we even call Coraline a novel, or we call it a novella? Like, which one? <laughs> I can see it going either way. I think I think honestly, for that one, it should be a novella. But I'm no expert. I would think so, <laughs> because from what I understand, that neither Coraline or Stardust are all that as novels. What I from what I've seen. Oh, I've I had a hard co- I had a paperback copy of um of Stardust, and it's a lot longer than you'd think. I mean, it it was pushing three hundred pages. It's not it's not that it's not oh, okay. yeah, that's a novel yeah, proper. Coraline is yeah. Coraline is not no as a uh, book itself. Yeah, I mean, and there's some things that I just don't get. It. I I truly don't get why. Certain publishers have it priced at certain, at certain I don't I don't know. Um, but still, like I said, one and, of my other questions. I wonder how long an audio version of Infinite Justice. I want to know. Not that I'm gonna ever purchase it, but I just. <laughs> Yeah, because we all know if Justice is more stopper-rapper than a book. We're pretty familiar with the fact that it's a doorstopper-rapper than a book. Yeah, yeah. But still, um... Okay. But yeah. It's like, I feel streaming services should have a universal code too. It's too much... Too much back and forth like this, I understand you know certain uh, streaming services are going to have their exclusive you can't really do too much about that I'm okay with that but if something's not mutually exclusive like um, let me think of something real quick if something's not mutually exclusive like a, like a certain that say like Star Trek for example then that needs to line up like yeah, I understand why they get rid- why they're pulling Parks and Rec off of Netflix Amazon Prime and um, Hulu too I get it because that was an NBC show now one streaming service choice that always perplexes me a bit I'm surprised Peacock didn't have access to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like that always replaces me. I think it's so HBO Max, but it's just like it was Peacock and all this. NBC didn't have the rights. Uh, yeah, I think it's because of the fact that it was not made in house. It was being aired on a third party basis. <laughs> that that could be. That could be, because they did air it, but like you said, it was a third-party situation. Now, what are some of the other issues that you could say you have with audiobooks? Because you have more first-hand experience, so maybe for the prospective listener that might want to try out an audiobook. Well... Maybe thinking again, this description. 
Okay, I, we covered the price difference, but that's understandable. Uh, that, that more, that's more of a, it's not real, yeah, that's more of a, you don't, if you don't realize it, like, okay, here's a, let's get this out of the way. It, there was a situation when I first got it, um, where my mom did not, re, she thought it was, um, you, you pay for the subscription and you get free access to everything. Um, instead of the only one or, well, you get two for your first month and then, um, only one credit per month, um, after that. Um, yeah, so what she seemed to think is that it was essentially what Apple Music offers, but with audiobooks. Um, (laughs) which is, you know, understandable because... Usually, with a couple of exceptions, you know, because they always are exceptions, but with most streaming services, no matter what uh, area of entertainment that they cover, once you pay for it, you have access to, you know, everything that's available at that given point in time, and that's it. Or that um, tier is how it's handled right now. As far as, it, it, or that tier is, which is how, um, what was, oh yeah, which is how Hulu has it set up. At least I think they still have it set up. Though I don't know if the Disney um, buying out Fox, um, I don't know if that has um, changed. If they or if Hulu now no longer has the tiered service. Um, Especially with the bundle being related. She, she recently discovered the joys of Hulu. I think she's going to keep it. I think because she first heard about it through a co-worker of hers. And then, you know, she decided to try it out. I think she'll end up, you know, really keeping it because she didn't realize just how much was on it. Especially with, you know, the live TV option and all those other things. So she didn't... See the bastards. <laughs> yeah. And I did, you know, mention the whole bundle because I said, you know, that might be better, you know, overall because then you just had, you only pay like twelve ninety nine plus tax for, for those three things. So I definitely, you know, brought it up, sir. Now, Audible, I had. necessarily want to drag her into the subscription that she's not really paid for because that would just be wrong. Yeah, now I will say this. They do not have... Okay, now I will say this. To clarify, clarify for the benefit of viewers, listeners, and other people who we know. If you have a... If you are a member of a household uh, of a... If you have a Amazon Prime membership, that does not give you a discount for Audible. <laughs> they are completely separate <laughs> as far as... We definitely have to put that piece of information out there because, <laughs> you know, it's a separate thing. <laughs> yeah. Same. They are part of the same umbrella, but they are not... But they are not tied in. One does not give you access to the other. <laughs> right. 
So, you know, if you do decide to get it, my perspective, you know, listeners and perspective biases, remember to keep that in mind. <laughs> you know, just, just be aware of that because, you know, I can imagine that would cause some problems down the line. Um, and in my case, I will say Audible <laughs> at least eliminates the need for having to return you know, say concession CDs. You know, you sometimes you would have to return a book on tape, a book on CD, and you didn't even finish. Like, <laughs> you would get about halfway through, and then it's just like, oh, snap, I got to take it back. <laughs> you, you forget about it, especially if you checked it out on the weekend, but you had school the next week, and you kind of forgot the tree. <laughs> yep. Because that, that's happened to me. Like, if you know, between homework and extracurricular activity, you definitely could forget that you even had a book on tape. Yeah. Especially, it's, you know, one of the longer ones that you get on the shelf. Just like, oh, snap, got to take it back. Yeah, there's also the fact that there were some times where you just have, um, where, like you said, especially, especially, um, because now most of our presumed audience um, demographic will know where we're going with this one. But you will have uh, but, uh, but, um, but Olive Garden and uh, not Olive Garden, um, Golden Corral no, no um, Cracker Barrel, that's what I meant. I don't know why I said the other stuff. Yeah, they have their, um, they, they rent audiobooks and the like. And and sometimes, especially if, for the most part, it's for trips, and you can, and it's like Redbox. You don't have to go to the same exact one. You can take it to any Cracker Barrel in the country. Will let you return the audio book, um, and there'll be no issue because, in fact, that's primarily what they do. That's a big part of their um, bottom line. Well, which is smart, you know, because, you know, you think of the demographic, it tends to, and I'm going to say, like, audiobooks, I think, that's the demographic where they kind of pull in, like, an older audience. Not saying that young people don't ever deal with audiobooks. No, no, no. Not what I'm saying. But you can see why the older why older demographic might gravitate towards the audiobook sometimes. I definitely understand it, especially if you're, you know, in business or you're on a flight or whatever the case may be. Because, you know, if you're in, say, like in your 70s, you're probably not going to want to to go on a trip to the bookstore, you're probably not gonna do it. You might have that one individual who will, but you know it's not a common thing. No. And, and with Kindles, you kind of have to uh, take in the uh, not only the age of the person in question, but also the level of technology expertise that the person has. <laughs> Because you have some uh, in the elderly generation that really know how to work computers, because I definitely stay around a bunch of elderly people that know how to work computers. 
And then you have those that bless their hearts and once they try, they they just can't figure out a kingdom. That's them, you know, that don't even you know, don't even try to give them a kindle because I don't really think they you know, might understand it. <laughs> yeah, that was um always fun. Yeah, there's still like there's sometimes where I just don't get why certain things are not um more readily available. Right, and sometimes it's always a hassle because, you know, the physical book might be out, but the audiobook equivalent is often uh, several years behind sometimes. <laughs> that has that. It is a bit of a waiting period, so that is definitely something to keep in mind. It's just like, I used to think that when hardcovers were published, the paperback would soon follow, but <laughs> the older you get, the more you realize, no, that's not the case. Because <laughs> the paperback usually isn't published until about a year, usually a year or so after the hardcover. Not always, but usually. I'm hoping I can get to the audiobook of Doom, you know, at some point, or Doom at least in some form, because I know they're about to uh, gear up to release the film. Well, considering the fact that after they're pushing a lot of stuff back, so that might not be the case anymore. <laughs> you guys, I get to. I'll at least be able to read the series if nothing else, you know, the film. <laughs> yeah, might not come out, but at least that gives me an extra chance to try to. You know, get to that and also get to the experience at some point because I will. Just don't know when, but I definitely, you know, plan to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. What are other audiobooks? Other than Total Recall, because we mentioned that. Did you say the Wayne Jonathan also wrote an autobiography, or am I mistaken in that? Who? <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry, I broke up there. I can't hear it. I was saying, uh, Dwayne Johnson, didn't you say he wrote an autobiography in my thinking thing? Uh, he wrote one back in the Attitude Era. <laughs> so, or oh, right at okay. the tail end of it. So, yeah. So, when it's he was. Days, was not yeah. The most term. New. No. Still, my. I read it just for this. To say, <laughs> you know, that, that could be fun because I mean, a lot of the um, you know, all the attitude era stuff, unless you have a subscription to the WWE network, it'd be hard to find. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where I understand it, but it got to annoying. It, it can be, especially when you don't necessarily want to. The average person, I, I need somebody to do a survey. Okay, this this survey I need somebody to get on. What's the average number of subscriptions that a person has that uh, money is taken out of their account every month or so? I want to know. I, I think it's a fair point to make. Is it four subscriptions? Is it four to six? Which I would say if I had to make an educated guess, it probably would be four to six. 
because the average person, or at least people that I know, you know, they, they won't just stop at one subscription and say, okay, we're done. Right. So two or three at the least, if not more so. Because what are your subscriptions? I know you have Audible, so that's one. I know you have Apple Music, that's two. Um, Gamefly. Three, right? Yeah, Gamefly is three. Um, technically, I also have PlayStation Plus. That's through my PlayStation account. With a, that one account. And then the, um, Disney bundle. <laughs> so, that, that's out of three or three. Yeah. Just for the sake of time. Yeah, and I think that's it for now. Um, we're it's like, we're looking at getting um you know the Netflix and Amazon Prime are through my mom and dad's account and um and we're looking at um getting um a Babel or um something along those lines uh, subscription for the household um but that's <laughs> yeah. Um, because we, as we were, as we were talking on the way. Yeah. More or less the same thing, you know, I pay a subscription fee, so. Well, not. That, that helped me out a great deal. Yeah, yeah. I had to do a sit through a couple ads, Yeah, Duolingo is, yeah, it's like, um, YouTube where you can pay for the right to um not have the ads but it doesn't really make it enough of a difference does it it's true I mean cause Duolingo ads I can actually deal with because they're not I don't view them as irritating like they right. you know they're dead but I really don't see them as a nuisance okay alright so we just crossed the 42 minute mark for this for the non paid for the non um paid part of this episode so what we'll do is we will um end this part right now and um we will not publish it right away because we there's a potential we might be continuing our discussion on this um particular topic um after we have dinner because it's <laughs> just after six for you and after five for me so we'll Right, and that, it is such an expansive sort of subject that yeah. you, I want to go into more detail about right. um, some of the pros and cons of Several the things. other formats of books, you know. Yeah, alright, so signing off for now. Until for now. Yep.